Hey, folks, welcome to another edition of The Wire. It's Wednesday. We got in the house Justo, Richie, Sahi, and Marvin. Before uh, we get into these topics, um, I just want to say that uh, I had to grab a drink for tonight's show. And uh, we're going to basically dive into what the hell is going on. And we've got some topics for you here on The Wire. So, Tiger Woods in the news yet again. This time, it's because of an accident. And it's not with a white woman hitting him with a golf club. It apparently appears to be that Tiger Woods, according to this, basically, this thing that I'm reading here, that Tiger Woods appeared to not be paying attention in the moments before his devastating car crash. If you didn't hear about it, he was in a devastating car crash and may have been falling asleep is what the news is for right now. Now we'll touch on this about how this person's perception, because it's basically just an opinion. It's, he's, he's getting it from it's, forensics is showing that Tiger Woods may have been falling asleep. First, A, show me where in forensics it's going to show that. Okay. And, and B, you know, I'm tired of people just making up assumptions. But I digress. 45-year-old Lynx legend was driving a 2021 Genesis where he veered across the median and he went off the road, struck a tree, which caused his car to roll over multiple times. Woods broke several bones in his lower right leg, which, you know, as a golfer, he's got all these back problems and now he's got leg problems. I, I feel bad for Tiger Woods, ladies and gentlemen. He's gone through a lot. You know, he's been put on a pedestal and, you know, people, when you get put on a pedestal, they can't wait for you to fall off that MFR. And he did by the choices that he made. He had the turnaround. He won the he won the Masters, you know, just two years ago. And you know, you thought maybe Tiger Woods was on this high. A lot of people don't even know this. Tiger Woods actually had back surgery in December, and he was on a hiatus from golf for that time. And he was planning on making a comeback for the Masters this year. And he, according to this. Uh, this new thing that has been developed where he got into a car crash. I I, I want to know, is Tiger Woods going to be done with golf? Is this the end of Tiger Woods? What, what do you what do you all think? I mean, I'll go first. Um, do I think Tiger Woods is done with golf? That open-ended answer, no. Uh, because ultimately, golf is a sport you play your entire life to play golf. So whether he ends, but if, as far as the PGA, if, if we're going there, um, we'll have to see. You know, the, I, I, Tiger, he's been struggling with injuries, man, in his back, and um, I don't know what's going on. Other than I, I'm glad he's okay. I'm glad he's alive. Um, but you know, this this recovery could be huge. It could be very challenging. You know, it's his le- his it's his leg, his right leg. I don't know what's going on with that. So uh, it's early for me to say, but I do believe if anyone's gonna come back from an injury, it's Tiger Woods. I mean, he, he's, he's playing into his forties. I don't see why he can't continue to play golf. It's just a matter of, is there structural damage in his leg? And I don't believe so. So I, I yeah, I think he will play in the PGA again. 
Marvin, everything that's going on with Tiger Woods throughout his life, seems like his life was gonna turn around a little bit. And then he gets into this car accident and his right leg, and we're, we're golfers, we know the kind of stress. I mean, he did it with his back, but to have all these, his basically his bones in his leg were fractured into tiny little pieces. They had to put a rod in there. Do you think this is the end of Tiger Woods on the on the PGA? I do. I do. And uh, just like you said, speaking as a golfer, I mean, you need your lower body. Your lower mobility is, is everything in golf, especially um, I can't speak, you know, on a PGA competitive side of it, but, you know, Tiger Woods can. And to be able to, to play competitively at this at this level, at this stage of his career, um, having this kind of injury, uh, like you said, that fracture, you know, still riding his leg. I believe that he's done competitively in the PGA. Now, I don't think that he's done playing golf for life, but I think it would take some intense, extreme rehabbing and conditioning just to get ready to play at a at a high level. But he's, you know, he's got a high standard. It's Tiger Woods. You're talking about like the Michael Jordan of his era, a Kobe Bryant of his era. Those guys uh, enjoyed playing at a high level and really didn't accept anything less. And I don't think Tiger will want to play on the PGA knowing that he can't compete with the rest of these guys that he can't compete at 100% or even 70% or even 50. Uh, you know, playing 18 holes, you know, on courses that demand so much, you know, especially yardage. And it just the game demanding so much from his body in his 40s. I just don't think it's possible now at this point. I think the injury was too devastating. You've seen him come back. I've seen him come back from a lot, man. You know, I've seen him win the U.S. Open on one leg. We've seen him do that. That shit was crazy, y'all. You know, that was one of the, the greatest moments I've seen from Tiger Woods being injured. But, you know, he won that with one leg, you know, and what a bad back over the years. The injuries have just piled up. And I think this is just what's done it. This is what's finally done it. Done it, man. It's unfortunate, man. You know, it's unfortunate because you wanted to see him go out the way he wanted to go out, you know, uh, which we, we all want to see him go out. Maybe, you know, one last ride, you know, playing the Masters until he's maybe 45 or 50. You know, Jack did it. But, you know, I would I would hate to count him out, but it's just reality, man. You know, it's just what this body, the body demands from, it's what the game demands from his body that he can't give anymore because of this injury. Thank you for, for that. Sahih, real quick, there was a tournament that happened and the players on Sunday wore red and Tiger Woods tweeted this out. It is hard to explain how touching today was when I turned on the TV and saw all the red shirts. To every golfer and every fan, you are truly helping me get through this tough time. Just just off of the top of your head, Sahih, what, what did you think about the players paying tribute to Tiger Woods on Sunday during the tournament. Yeah, Tiger Woods is a legend. Without uh, without Tiger Woods, you, you wouldn't have as many golf fans as you would have today. Um, I, I I grew up watching Tiger Woods like like ever since I was a, a kid. He's like t- 
Tiger Woods was this phenom kid who grew grew in everybody's minds and hearts over the years. And he, he, did, he, he did great things with the sport of golf. So when somebody like that goes down, like one of your main guys, you have you have to you have to show your support and you know what I'm saying Br- that's something that brings everybody together. You know? And Tiger Woods is that kind of person, you know. He he brings people together wherever he goes. So it's just it, it's nice seeing he still has that effect. Yes, thank you, sir. Justo, my brother from another mother. Real quick, I just want your feedback here. You know, there's a lot of speculation going on, and I just kind of want to know how you feel about the speculation part. First, it you know he was uh, you know induced. He was uh, he was under drugs, uh, impaired. He was speeding, and all this stuff was happening when they actually didn't even break into the SUV's black box computer to actually get all the information necessary. They're still actually doing the investigation part. And then all these people had all these things to say. What, what's your point? Of, what, what's your point of view on how people just speculate and just jump the gun before they actually have the facts? Yeah, I mean it's ridiculous. I, it's easy to it's easy to do that, I suppose. Oh, he must have. I mean, what was he thinking? Blame it on him. But it's called what it's called for a reason, right? It's called an accident. Um, something happened there was a misjudgment or or misplacement on somebody's part we don't know we weren't there could have been a deer could have been a you know i don't know if he's if he's added added or subtracted or anything but i I hate that every time a celebrity is involved in a a normal life situation we immediately have to go to to speculation and deciding for ourselves what would have caused it and finding someone to blame for it because we want Tiger to play golf again. I I guarantee nobody wants Tiger to play golf again more than Tiger. Um, So we should at least respect this healing process as he's going through his surgeries. I mean, yeah, if he was under the influence, he shouldn't have been driving, but we don't know that. We don't have any toxicology reports to say that. And it's not our business anyway, in my opinion. If I get in a personal accident, and uh, I come back and the first thing I see is, you know, one one big gesture of, of people wearing the Arnold Palmer co- uh, colors, I should say. You know, uh, <laughs> it was it was a tribute to, to Tiger, but Tiger tributed it to Arnold. Um, but and then on the other flip side of that coin, people making speculations and and taking shots and trying to. You know, oh, this is a chance. You know, everyone thought when he got in all the legal trouble that that was a chance to move past Tiger. And and, uh, if there's any athlete out there that's shown um, that he can come back from any kind of adversity or injury or setback, Tiger's one of them. I mean, there's there's a big list of them, but I, I think Tiger's near the top of that because he's had so many ups and downs, and yet he's still revered as a legend of the sport. Uh, I do personally wish Tiger uh, a healthy and speedy recovery. I hope that you can do whatever it is that you want to do with the rest of your life. Whether or not that's playing golf in the PGA, I bet he gets onto a golf uh, course again. I don't know if if he'll play professionally. I don't know. To to Marvin's point, he may be able to play again, but he may never be able to compete at that level again. At the same time, I always bring this reference up. We never thought Adrian Peterson was going to be worth a damn when when he blew his ACL and MCL in college. And that guy became back as a machine. So, I mean, freak things happen. Um, 
who knows as far as the speculation goes just mind your damn business I like that you brought that up because that's going to take us to our next topic but I agree with you that you you can't ever count people out Um, Tiger is very mentally strong I mean you've seen some freak things happen to athletes and they just they just show up and show out because they 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 don't know any other way. This is their way of life. This is what they love to do. They work their asses off. They make sure that they do the rehabilitation. Um, you know, they do all the things that they need to do. John Wall, KD. I mean, the list goes on of all the of all the things that, that's going on in sports right now. So, uh, moving moving on, and I'm gonna butcher the shit out of this name, but I wanted to talk <laughs> about it. Okay, so I don't know if. Uh, you all know about uh, what is his name? Zaltan, Zaltan Ibrahimovic. How do you pronounce his last name? Ibrahimovic. Whatever it is, he's you got not. It. Back, Nailed it. He's not backing down. Thank you. I love you so much. He's not backing down from his criticism of LeBron James. And if you haven't heard about this story, this is very intriguing. He believes that athletes should stick to sports and stay out of politics. Now, whether you believe that or not, it's not up for us to say, but we're going to talk about it today on The Wire. He said, and I quote, athletes unite the world, politics divided. Okay. The soccer player said in a news conference Tuesday morning, our role is to unite the world by doing what we do best. Athletes should do athletes should be athletes and politicians should be politics. So he's basically double downing on, you know, people wanted clarification of exactly who he was talking about. And he was talking about LeBron James. And we all know that LeBron James is very vocal about how he feels about certain things that are going on in the world today. So I'm not even going to ask different questions. I just want feedback from everybody on the panel about is Zalton right or do you think there's more beyond the story? Richie? Okay. Um, I'm going to be very genuine here. I hope it doesn't come off as incendiary or intentionally inflammatory. Obviously, I don't believe a result in. I love everyone's a human being and they have the right to express themselves. I love that LeBron James uh, is such an advocate. He does an amazing job for a lot of black communities particularly the state of Ohio as a whole, uh, in addition to Los Angeles. But I, and I don't remember the exact tweet, so if someone has the opportunity to look at it, his response, but he says something a lot to the effect of, um, you know, he's, he always does his studying and he does his homework, I believe is what he said. I'm paraphrasing it. Um, and that is where I was very annoyed with him. Um, and the reason why I need to go back to this, this was in 2019, uh, we mentioned this before and I mentioned it multiple times. Daryl Morey had done a um, free Hong Kong tweet in support of the people of Hong Kong and China. And LeBron James said Daryl Morey was ignorant of the facts and should make sure he knew what was going on before him. Now, months later, LeBron James kind of backpedaled and said, well, I didn't do my research. But um, he pissed off a lot of people in Hong Kong and, um, and in China. So the reason why I bring this up is I love LeBron James. I think he's an incredible person and I believe he's a very good advocate for, uh, how do I say this like? He's a very good advocate for black Americans, but I don't like to 
equate him to being a social justice warrior, as a lot of people like to say. Because if that were the case, and it didn't impact his wallet, then he would have done something in regards to the, the Hong Kong statement. Whether or not he agrees or not, whether or not he ended up, you know, disagreeing with Daryl Morey, to just say, I didn't know what I was saying, but not make a real apology, didn't put me in a good place. Because somebody who does support, you know, Black Lives Matter and advocates for LGBTQ communities, it does bother me that, like, that I saw that from him. So, to, to, again, the whole homework, it's, it kind of just triggered me because of the homework phrase. And it's like, well, you do homework when it's something you care about, right? And that's fine. That's totally fine. But I also don't like that he likes to say he's a social justice warrior. But um, LeBron absolutely uh, does great work in communities. I think the soccer guy's an idiot. I mean, long story short, I, I don't know what else to say. He's a moron. I, I don't like if that's hit the way he views himself. Cool, man. You, you're just an athlete and you kick a ball. Good for you. But LeBron James is a lot more than that. And to imply that he's not is just just shows you the difference in like the education itself. And what I really love about LeBron is, you know, it's, it's a guy who didn't even go to college, right? He went straight into the pros. He's such an intelligent, articulate person, such a caring person. And then you have this idiot, this egghead over here talking about, oh yeah, just, you know, we're just athletes. We're not here. We're not politicians. Well, yeah, you could learn, man. You could read, you could learn about politics. Who's to imply uh, a journalist on a TV network knows anything? I mean, a lot of the times they don't. Like. Chris Cuomo of CNN, amazing journalist, but look what his brother Andrew is doing in New York. Marvin might know about this. He's the governor, right? His own brother, and he's sitting here panhandling and hiding information about his brother who's, who did some really shady stuff in the state of New York. So again, journalists are not, et cetera. We all are individuals. We all have a brain. We all have the capacity to learn and be informed. So for this idiot to just say, oh, well, he shouldn't be doing it. And it, it just, what I don't understand is where is this coming from? Like maybe somebody asked him a question and that's why he answered involved. Why is LeBron James in this guy's mouth? I don't understand it. Like that's what I don't understand the most. So, you know, LeBron's response is whatever. I was giving you why it kind of annoyed me, but it was the appropriate response because LeBron James does, before he says anything, he really does usually do the research. And I don't, I don't know, this guy's a moron, man. And it, like, I feel like in all fairness to this guy, this this guy is kind of like, you know, when uh, someone like interviews Americans and they go to West Virginia and they pick the dumbest guy. Like, that's what I feel like this guy is to the European soccer players. I don't feel like they're all like that. I think this this guy's just that like hillbilly in West Virginia. Apologize to any West Virginian fans we got right here. But you know what I mean? I'm not saying you. I'm talking about the person who can't speak right. That's what this guy is. So long winded answer, LeBron James, is a hundred percent, you know, in the right. I don't understand what the so soccer, football, what are we going to call it, player is thinking or doing while LeBron James is in his mouth. But according to himself, he should just shut up and play soccer. Like, why is he talking then? If you don't care about politics and you don't, and all your job is to do is not social commentary, then why are you commentating about LeBron James, dude? I don't get it. All right. Before I come to you, Marvin, I'm going to do what Richie asked me to do, and I'm going to read to you what LeBron James had put out. I would never shut up about things that that's wrong. I preach about my people, 
I preach about equality, social injustice, racism, systemic voter suppression, things that go on in our community because I was a part of that was a part of my community at one point and seeing the things that was going on and I know what's going on still because I have a group of 300 plus kids at my school that's going through the same thing and they need a voice and I'm their voice. There's no way I will ever just stick to sports because I understand how this platform and how powerful my voice is. And to go off of that, he said, I do my homework, weighs in on the recent comments made by soccer star, uh, soccer superstar, that people should do what they're good at and stay out of politics. That's not me. Marvin, tell me what you're thinking about all this, man. Why, why is all this coming up? <laughs> Seems like everybody just wants LeBron to shut up and dribble. You know, if it's not Laura Ingraham, now it's Zoltan Ibrahimovic. Um, uh, you know, co- you know, comments about comments are about perception, and I perceived Zoltan's comments, Tony, um, as an attack against LeBron's work for social activism. You know, and I think that when you look at LeBron and what he's done in his entirety since his since the beginning of his career he's always been a voice for to me the black community I'll just go ahead and say that you know one of the biggest voices that we have because there's been a lot of guys present in the present who I'm who I admire but they're just not they're not the voice like Michael Jordan for example like he's just not he's just not the voice we love we when we think of Michael Jordan and we mentioned him on his panel we think about the six rings we think about Chicago Bulls but we don't think about his social activism when you think about LeBron in that same breath you think about his career as a basketball player and you also think about his work off the court his bravery taking on the you know Donald Trump you know his taking on some of the taking taking on that guy head on you know, not taking any comments from him and just his work um, when tragedy is, when tragedy has struck, you know, with George Floyd, uh, Breonna Taylor, just his voice has been so powerful. So for Zoltan Ibrahimovic to say that, it's just a lack, he just lacks perspective uh, because maybe from where he's from and the people he knows down from his lineage um, didn't have the opportunity to have that platform. And so I, I don't think that relatively speaking, he's speaking on a sense of from experience. You know what I mean? Like he just doesn't get it. Uh, so he, it's easy for him to come at LeBron and say, oh, when you're famous, uh, you get you reach a certain level of status. Guys feel the need to get political. Well, that's just not true at all. You don't know the man and his background. You know, why are you judging? You know, so I think from that standpoint, uh, like Richie said, you know, just stick to playing soccer. LeBron's going to play basketball, but he's also going to speak. You know, this reminds me of uh, the movie, uh, Richie, you recommended me to watch uh, Once Upon a Time in Miami. And I watched that film and it reminds me, it reminded me of this exact situation, Tony. You know, LeBron has been the face, y'all. Justin, Tony, Richie, he's been the face of the NBA 
since the beginning of his career and arguably he's the face of it now so his response he's accepted his responsibility as having that voice just like Muhammad Ali did just like Jim Brown did just like a lot of Jesse Owens just like many guys that led their led their professions did back in the past he's doing that now so he's not going to shut up Ibrahimovic should shut up Right. Moving on to you, Sahih. I, I just want to add to this that he said this as well, and that is uh, Zoltan Ibrahimovic said, do what you're good at. Do the category you do. I play football because I'm the best at playing football. I don't do politics. LeBron is a phenomenon at what he's doing, but I don't like when people have some kind of status, they go and then do politics at the same time. So just I'm just throwing more more gasoline on the fire. But Saheed, what's your take, man? Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. What's the guy's name again? Zoltan Il. He's a bish. Ibrahimovic. Oh, okay. I thought it was he's a bish because that boy acting like a straight. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> my boy, my boy, <laughs> my boy out here clout. Chasing, because we would have never been talking about this boy if he hadn't said those words that he said. Because he's he, you say he uh, does what he's good at. Well, stick to doing what you're good at, because doing interviews and talking about stuff you have no idea about is not that thing you're good at, bro. Just stop. He clout chasing. That's all. That's all I. That's all I got out of this. Richie and Marvin said said everything else that I was going to say. You know what I'm saying? But who is this guy? Get him out of here. Not not to beat a dead horse, but Justin, do do you want to say just a few words before we move on to the next seg? Yeah, I mean, uh, Sahi kind of. You know, I think we're we were thinking the same thing. It's clout chasing, but. I will have to call him a little bit of a, a hypocrite. I'm not even going to try. We'll say Z, no disrespect to my fitness instructor, Coach Z. Coach Z is a beast. This guy's a beast. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you're, you're being a hypocrite. You're, you're stirring politics. That's what this is about. And, you know, not every athlete who's extremely successful, to Marvin's point, turns to politics. Not every athlete actually recognizes the pull that they have. Um, if they did, they probably could have made some more influential steps. And I think, you know, LeBron's done that. I think there are some greats that have done that. But there's some greats that have focused on the game and could have possibly been involved in, in some other changes. And it's not like LeBron's running for office. It's not like LeBron's trying to be mayor or try to emulate Shaq and become the sheriff of Miami or anything like that. You know, he's... He's standing up for what he believes in because he's an influencer and he's influencing people. That's you can't you can't hate on him for that. All right. So I appreciate everybody. That's a Zoltan Ibrahimovic or however you say it. Marvin Marvin said it really good. Ibrahimovic. That's a side. Yeah, it's not. I think that's what I said. It. I didn't thought he said it right. Yeah, we are gonna go with Zoltan Ibrahimovic. He's a bitch. I can't say it. I can't say it like good. And Zoltan, if you want to come on the wire and defend yourself, you're more than welcome. If you if you listen to this. 
you know, I'm sure. You but we know you just stick to your what you're good at. So yeah, yeah just stick to what you're good at. <laughs> don't, don't do any more interviews. Now, listen, Richie's got uh, got another one for us here for um, you know what the hell is going on, Richie? Please fill us in about Mike T and what the hell's going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers coach. I mean, come on, guys. He did an interview, sit-down interview with Brian Gumble. Now, this has been on the news already. Shannon Sharp roasted him, but I want to talk about it, too. So he does an interview with Brian Gumble and Mike Tomlin, we, we've talked about him on the show a lot. Like, much respect to the man. Never had a losing season. Great coach. Great coach. He had the audacity, and I say this, the audacity to sit here and call out other teams that they don't have any and hire black coaches. And let me say this to you, Mike Tomlin, you've never hired a black coordinator in your entire stint at Pittsburgh. So who the fuck are you to talk about this shit, man? Like, this is crazy. And I don't want it to come across from the perspective of he's black, he should be hiring black coaches. I'm going off the perspective of how can you call somebody out and say these other teams aren't giving black men a chance when you are not, right? It doesn't matter if Mike Tomlin could be from Wisconsin and white, and it's the same concept. I don't know what he's thinking with this interview. I don't know why he said it. And it's just, it's very perplexing to me, quite frankly. And you know, this fraternity that is the NFL and coaching is already challenging. And they try to skew statistics. And I'm going to give you a quick example. One of the things they try to say is that minority coaches statistically have more second opportunities. And I think it was 23%. Um, I can, we can check it later. I believe it's 23%. And that white coaches only get a 12% statistical chance. The reason being is there's over 120 white coaches. There are only, I think, 27 black coaches. So therefore, that those black coaches have had more chances to have a second chance. But as we all know, getting the foot in the door has been the issue, let alone in some cases, like a guy like Marvin Lewis, never getting a second opportunity. So you, you see that happen all the time where you see people try to view skew numbers and skew facts to make it look like black people have an opportunity, excuse me, um, minorities, because technically that includes Ron Rivera, who's Hispanic and et cetera. But the point being is they always try to make it out like minorities have more chances when realistically they don't. And that's why the Rooney rule exists in the first place. But I just couldn't believe the audacity of anybody who has yet to hire a coordinator that's a minority tell the other and league, the rest of the league, you're, you're slacking. Like there's no accountability on his own part. And I, I just, I don't understand that. So I want to start off with Tony. And, then, and Justin, to be honest, because they're Pittsburgh fans. I mean, first of all, they're going to know the exact years. I believed it was like, what, 13, 12 or 13 years? Maybe it was 14. Tony, how many years has this man been in Pittsburgh? Yeah, that's exactly how many years there has yet to be a block coordinator on his staff. So let's see. The Super Bowl that they won was 2005. Bill Cowher did one more season after that, and then he retired. So 2007 was Mike Tomlin's first year. So, yes, he's going into year 14. 14, okay. As the uh, head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he interviewed Hugh Jackman as one of the – or Jackson, sorry. Uh, Hugh Jackson, yeah, yeah. offensive coordinator position last month. But he ended up promoting within, which was Matt Canada, for the offensive coordinating position. But listen, Mike, listen. 
you done put your foot so far down your mouth that it, it's troubling, sir. Uh, I understand that you you understand the big scope and how it's a problem. I'm glad, but you're not doing anything about it yourself, number one. Now, I'm not saying that you have to because you're black, but it would be like if I'm a man and I have this organization and I'm sitting here and I'm I'm preaching about we need more women in this in this uh, building, but I'm not hiring any. Well, what am I preaching about women being on the, on the board and women being in the workforce and all this other stuff if I don't have any damn women in the building? Mike T, shut your mouth. Unless you're going to do what you say that should be done, you should not be talking about this topic. Now, you might have black coaches on your team that are, you know, assistants or whatever. Kudos. But we're talking about opportunities at the offensive and defensive coordinator position. That's what we're talking about right now. And head coaching positions. Come on, man. Come on. Bring it on home. Bring it on home. Justin, what do you think? I mean, uh, Mike, you got other things to worry about because you clearly don't know. (laughs) You're not the one to lead this charge. And um, I watched this season. Why don't you worry about trying to get the team together? Why don't you just focus on that? Find coaches that are good for the job. I agree with the sentiment. You you have a good sentiment, but uh, right now you need to focus on coaching this team because you're not. You're not doing a great job at all. I mean, how in the ever-living bleep bleep do, do we have the turnout that we had this season? And I called him fraudulent from day one. I don't think he had a handle on this team all season long. So you're a head coach. Why don't you why don't you do what uh you know, Z I'm a bitch said and and do your job. Do, do your job, uh, man. Or do you, uh, do do your research, do your homework. Well, let LeBron something. talk about this because he probably has more research than <laughs> <laughs> What's going on. Listen, uh you're watching the wire. We're gonna come right back. You're about to check out a wonderful cover of the song Rihanna by our artist spotlight from the H2G podcast, Kirsten Clark. Don't go anywhere. Man.
You know, actions versus Mike T's words, and we still need to hear from Marvin and Sahi. But first, your man Tony Tone had to do some research. So, out of the 18 coaches, which I'm talking about offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, quarterback coach, special teams coordinator, I'm talking all those. Out of the 18, nine of them are black. That's right. And the other nine, so he's keeping it 50 50. But, but none are coordinators. But his offensive coordinator is white. He's his defensive coordinator is white, and his special teams coordinator is white. Mark, tell me what you think about this story, man. What, what's what's wrong with Mike T here? Why is this news? Why? The why? Why is this? Why is this relevant? <laughs> what is this? I mean, can you? Can they give us a break? You know, first, okay, can they give us an offseason where they, the Pittsburgh Steelers give us a break? Mike Tomlin, too, because this is, to me, much I do about nothing. If there is no level of culpability, no responsibility for him hiring a black coordinator, I mean, so what? I mean, obviously, the white coordinators aren't getting it done because, or whoever you hire is not getting it done because y'all just got your ass whipped in the playoffs by the Cleveland Browns. That should have been the focus. Your offense gave up the ball five times, five times. And I know this, I'm throwing out stats and that's a rele- may seem irrelevant to y'all, but it's not. I'm just saying this is just, th- that's, there's a bigger picture than this. Why is there always an off season distraction? First it was Le'Veon Bell, then it was AB. Now it's coordinators. Like, can they focus on football? Like on the on the off season, can they focus on either getting a new quarterback, even, or or getting coaches that actually, or getting coordinators that know what to do in the postseason? That should be the focus. But this, to me, I mean, I really don't have much of, uh, of, of I don't give it too much any. I don't give it too much thought because. It really is not. It really is not about what it should be about. This is just really distracting, you know, to me. Uh, either hire a black coordinator or you don't. I mean, hire somebody to get the job done. I mean, if you're but if you're going to really make that statement, be responsible behind that statement 
and actually follow up. Because if you don't, this is how it's going to make you look. And it doesn't make him look good at all. And in any light does not make Mike Tomlin look good at all. It's distracting. Um, you had a, an opportunity to hire Hugh Jackson. I mean, I mean, we're really being real. I don't blame him for not hiring Hugh Jackson, Jackson because he ran the Browns <laughs> into the ground so many times. So I don't really blame him for not hiring him. But he should be responsible behind his statements and actually follow up. You know, you can't complain about something if you're not coming up with a solution. So especially if your team can't get over the hump in the wild card. That's just another story, but that's what he should be focused on is what I'm saying. Fair enough, Sahih. Yeah, um, just to repeat, what everybody else says is like, yo, Mike Tomlin, you're an idiot. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> focus on other things. And, and if you're really serious about it, go down and talk to my boy, Bruce Arians. Because everything the Bruce Arians and uh, Jason Light is doing in Tampa Bay, as far as hiring minorities, you know, we got offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich, defensive coordinator Ty Bowes. They both black as the night. So, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you doing something right. Um, we got women on our coaching staff. He's fighting for women's yep. rights in the NFL. Yep. And, and to take it a step further, He's fighting against age discrimination in the NFL. It's signed 43-year-old Tom Brady. So if y'all wanna <laughs> y'all wanna uh diversify the league, go holla at your boy uh BA. BA? Yeah, old Bruce. <laughs> He's doing it right. Tom <laughs> <laughs> Brady is not a normal 43-year-old. That statement is not holding court. <laughs> I no, I'm with Sahi. Yeah. You never a 43-year-old quarterback, everyone thought he was a brittle old man. And, and honestly, most people didn't want Tom Brady. I'm just I'm keeping it real. Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay and he was they were still the second years. That's how people viewed it. And look look at it a year later. I'm with hey. Sahi, man. <laughs> Bruce a genius. He's a genius. Bruce Bruce is a genius. Well, Moving on with what the hell is going on, we need to talk about J.J. Watt to the Cardinals. And how did this happen, and is this a good fit? J.J. Watt said, according to ESPN, all signs kept pointing towards Arizona Cardinals. It wasn't Green Bay like I thought it was going to be. It wasn't the Buffalo Bills like I thought it could have been. It wasn't the Cleveland Browns that Richie thought might have happened. And we definitely know he wasn't going to Pittsburgh, even though he's got the right pigment for that. But anyway, um, he signed with the Cardinals. And if anybody knows the numbers, is it two or three years? Two. Two years and what is it, 34 or 36? Uh, 34. 34, and I believe it's 20-something million guaranteed up front, maybe 23. I think 23, yep. 23 million. I'm doing that off the top of my head. I ain't gotten my notes like I normally have. But, Justin, I know <laughs> I know that you wanted this to go a different way, but tell me what you're thinking about J.J. Watt playing for the Cardinals. You know, and, and I wanted it, just to clarify, I didn't want him to go to Pittsburgh. I, I, I thought that'd be a cool story, seeing him and his brother play, but if if, if the Wire records are still out there on h2gpodcast.com, I thought it was the best fit in Cleveland. I thought... Yeah, he did. He fit Cleveland. Football fit. Um, 
Let's talk about signs. Uh, he wants to say all signs are pointing to Arizona, but what signs are you looking at, JJY? Are you, are you looking at previous statements from you? And I'm paraphrasing. I want to win a Super Bowl, and I'm not going to get it here. Well, you know where you're not. You didn't see a Super Bowl sign on your way to Arizona. Um, you didn't. See Justin, that. sorry, I got to cut you off. He was seeing dollar bill signs. That's, that's exactly what I was working to. You can cut me off. That's fine. That's that's what the buildup was for. But yeah, that's the signs he's following. He's following the money. Um, you know what, JJ? Best of luck to you, man. I don't think this was the move. I think uh, Arizona won the, the deal there. <laughs> I mean, um, JJ's happy. I guess anytime a player gets the paycheck he wants, he won the deal, but I, I, this was ridiculous. Out of all the options, of all the the chances you had to uh, put that staple on the end of the career that you wanted, I mean, who's to say that Arizona won't get there? That that they can't make the adjustments that the, that you. But God, fucking Arizona! I was pardon my French, but that is not the signs, my man. You you're looking at simply dollar signs and and that's exactly it Richie Uh, I can't say anything else this was about the money he he was a better fit for sure in Cleveland Um, I even thought he would be a good addition to the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers but I don't think there's any way to get him there Um, I I honestly thought it was going to be Cleveland it made the most sense I thought they might even be able to pony up the dough for it but (laughs) This caught me off guard, and it caught me off guard on Twitter, too. You know, like, what a way to announce that you're going to go um, and just slap yourself in the face from a few months ago when you said, I want to win a Super Bowl. I want to I want to put another staple on the, the career here. I don't think you made the right move. <laughs> and let's go right along to the next person, Richie. I mean, damn, Justin went in. Um, I would have honestly, I wanted Cleveland, like we talked about the previous week too. I would have loved to see him with Miles Garrett. That would have been insane. And I would have loved if he went to LA as well and see him next to Aaron Donald. Like, could you imagine that? The only, that'd be the only team, the only team with three, two, three time defensive players of the year on the same team, on the same side of the ball. Anyway, sorry. Um, I can see it. Now, not to Justin's point. De- he played DeAndre Hopkins. He loved DeAndre Hopkins. Kyler is a stud as a quarterback. And, you know, he he, he he went from Deshaun Watson. So I could see why he's like, ah, I don't want to do with Cleveland because he may not believe in Baker May. Now, I'm a little surprised about Green Bay. Come on, Eric Rodgers. Uh, and I'm surprised that he didn't go to Buffalo. So what I was reading is Buffalo and Indianapolis actually went really hard on him. But it came down to what Justin said. It was about dollars. Um, Buffalo offered him reportedly two years for 21 million. So for that extra 11 or 12 million, he he wants to play. And who am I to judge him on that? That's a lot of money. Uh, and again, just to clarify, I'll do the joke and then I'll do the seriousness. Most white people, when they get older, retire in Arizona anyway. So it's not that, uh, you know, you can kind of see that coming. But he's 32. And he's still got plenty of time, Justin, to play football. And even after these two years, he'll be 34. Tom Brady's playing at 43. I mean, you know, like, so is J.J. Watt's career over because he signed this Arizona deal? Absolutely not. And truthfully, he's going to be, you know, opposite side Chandler Jones, 
Now, he may not be Miles Garrett. He may not be Aaron Donald. But Chandler Jones is a beast. So, I mean, there is some positives. Arizona was a cusp team. But the reality is, he's going to be playing the NFC West. He's going to be competing against the Rams. He's competing against the 49ers. He's going to be competing against Seattle. And spoiler alert, we're going to talk about this later. But I feel sorry for Russell Wilson. Are you kidding me? Now he's there? Now you're going to have to deal with Chandler Jones and him? You're going to have to deal with Aaron Donald. You're going to have to deal with Nick Bosa. He already got sacked 50 times last year. And now J.J. Watt Like, I feel like J.J. Watt has a personal vendetta against Russell Wilson. Because like we all talked about, this is the one team we didn't see come. And then he picked that team. And, you know, I don't know, man. All I can say is this. Um, J.J. Watt is 32 years old. He was the most double-team defensive end in football last year. And so, yes, his numbers were not as good. Yeah, And I don't think he's as good as his brother at this point. But he's still a fantastic player. I am shocked that is all he got, to be honest. I am shocked. Yes, it was a lot of guaranteed money. But I am surprised at the caliber of player he is, regardless that he got those numbers. And, you know, honestly, it's disappointing that a team like the Colts or a team like the Bills, who will be able to probably utilize the skill set even more and, and have more opportunities to win, or possibly Green Bay, didn't go harder. Because to me, J.J. Watt for $33 million for two years is a steal, honestly, right? We're talking about the only person off the top of my head that I can convincingly say I would take over him is Aaron Donald. And you take Aaron Donald out of the equation, that's the only person? I'm a little surprised that he only got two for 33. Yes, he's been plagued with injuries. Yes, he is not what he used to be. But I'd rather have J.J. Uh, Watt at 80% or 75% than most players at 100%. And I am shocked that that happened. Uh, Arizona's a little sus. I'm with Justin. He talked about winning. I think we all agree with that. That's why we're focused on Cleveland, Green Bay, Buffalo, Indianapolis. So this kind of came as a shock. But again, Arizona's on the cusp. They have the opportunity. Murray could be up there. And D-Hop is arguably the best wide receiver in football. So playing against Chandler Jones, getting the maximum money, playing in a state with no taxes not a bad move it's only two years he'll be 34 by then maybe tom brady be a 47 and he'll go join tampa bay at the ripe young age of 47 because guess what the oldest player to throw a touchdown pass in the super bowl was 47 years old tom brady's going for that number join tampa bay in 2027 that's what you're gonna do jj all right, all right. Thank you, Richie. Moving on. Let's just go right to Sahi. I'm gonna have to skip you, Marvin, because he brought up Tampa Bay. But what, what do you think about this, Sahi? Yeah, it's. I don't know. I, I, I pictured JJ Watt going somewhere to win Super Bowls and kind of build on his legacy that way, because that's really the only like thing that JJ Watt is missing, like some playoff like great playoff games, playoff numbers. So I figure like the perfect spot would either be Cleveland or the Bills. If he would have went to the Bills, it would have been easy run to the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? They got the team, they they just missing a few pieces. I, I thought he would have went there, but in, in Arizona, we're talking about a team that might not make the playoffs. Cause you gotta go against Seattle. You gotta go against the Rams. You got to go against the 49ers. 49ers are just in the Super Bowl. 
the Seahawks are always dangerous. The Rams just got Matthew Stafford. They were just a quarterback away from doing something amazing. So the Cardinals aren't aren't even a good look in their division right now. Um, and you're J.J. White. You're one of the best players in the league. You had a chance to go anywhere. You fumbled, my guy. You fumbled. Like, nobody wants to see you in Arizona. You're going to be forgotten about in Arizona, my friend. And it's sad to say. But that's all I got. That's all I got. Get your money, J.J. Watt. That's what it's about, right? He got it. He got that money, and he got a place where <laughs> any snow, there's no bad weather, you know. So, you know, Marvin, let me know. What you think? Uh, um... Yeah, I kind of I kind of wrestled with this when he made this decision. I was kind of like I kind of scratched my head for a minute, and I was like, uh, Arizona. I mean, you got Chandler Jones there, you got Booter Baker there. Obviously, JJ uh, Watt is much improved. You know, defensive depth. You know, uh, you know f- for their team, but I don't really think this moves the the needle forward. You know, at all, you know, because you still got a, a very shorthanded offense. You got DeAndre Hopkins. They have no tight end. They have no running back. Kyler Murray cannot be your running back and your quarterback at the same time, because that was the reason why they were five and two and almost lost five straight, because when he went down with an injury, he was very limited. So that forced Kyler Murray to really, you know, throw heavily to DeAndre Hopkins, and the guys around him supporting cast with the Christian Kirks, you know, Andy Isabella, uh, those guys, they're just not they're just not enough. So, I mean, your defense, sure, it gets better. But I really thought that he would, you know, like you guys said, I'm, you know, I have to roll with it. You know, I thought he would have chose a Cleveland, you know, to play alongside of uh, Miles Garrett. Who just box jumped? What? What? Uh? What? You fifty-eight just inches. Yeah, fifty-eight inches. Thank you, Rich. You just fifty-eight Crazy. inches, and you don't want to play alongside a guy like that. That was mind-boggling. You didn't want to play along. You didn't want to play with a much improved Buffalo Bills defense, who was a game away from the Super Bowl. I mean, you didn't want to actually talk to Bruce Arians, BA, as I you would call. You didn't want to talk to him to see if you know you could join that team. You know, to, and you know because they're they're looking to try to win another Super Bowl. You could play alongside Adamakan Sue, Devontae White. I mean, uh, it, that that defense is just loaded, and that would have just put Tampa Bay probably even more over the top because you would have had probably two more elite years from J.J. Watt because the injuries have piled up. He's not the guy that he once was, but I think that he could still play at an elite level. I think was if uh, NFL Pro Focus had him ranked seventh at his position. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, at this point in his career, like Saeed, like you were saying, I mean, you would think that you would want a Super Bowl like that. You'd want to add a ring to your resume. Like, why <laughs> did you like not think this through? You got two other brothers. <laughs> were they involved in this decision? Did they tell you like, no, no, you don't need to win no ring. You know, not before we get one. <laughs> you know, I don't know how that that conversation went down. What was said? Maybe it's maybe it's like what you said, Richie. Uh, I don't know what I don't know where white folks like to retire. I don't know. Maybe it's really dry in Arizona. I don't know why you <laughs> it is there over Tampa Bay. <laughs> you know, or 
I, you know, I could probably see why he wouldn't want to retire in Cleveland. I get it. I love Cleveland, but that may not be the place for him. <laughs> but I just think it was, uh, I just don't think it was, this was a great football move. And it's going to be up to the coaching staff to really make sure he thrives in this system because it's not easy for a player in his position to just trans transition over you know and not and and not think he's the guy he's not the guy anymore you know now it's it's Buda Baker it's Chandler Jones now you are part of you know a new a new system and if that offense struggles that defense is is out on the team so you really gonna have a a 32 year old J.J. Watt out there you know who's got a, a long injury history and I really don't think that he, this is, I just don't, I just don't see it. I just don't see them going any further, you know, than what they have now, you know, along with J.J. Watt. This doesn't move the needle at all. Yeah, I, I would have to say that J.J. Watt is about a decade too late, uh, you know, for the Cardinals because, you know, Nick, Kurt Warner's not there anymore. You know, Carson Palmer's not there anymore. You know, uh, <laughs> BA is not there anymore. You know, if you wanted to go to Florida or somewhere where white folks like to retire, you know, you could have went to Florida, but you chose Arizona to go suck. I mean, he's just crying like this right now, guys. It's okay. It'll be all right. <laughs> Ooh, I want some of those. I want some of those. Anyway, moving on to the next, what the hell is going on? Justo, I know you got a story for us. Please tell us what the hell is going on. Yeah, what? Uh, I can't tell you what the hell's going on, but I'll ask you, Sahi, uh, we, we've we all talked about it here on the podcast, and I know we're, we're kind of back and forth. We brought it up several times, uh, and then last week we thought we, we thought we put the nail in the coffin, right? Drew Brees drops his minimum contract deal down to $1.1 million, classic sign of a guy going out, ready to retire. Um, he's had a long career. He's not playing the way he used to. It's about that time. Everybody has signed the, the deal here. I mean, we've all sealed the deal. We've all nailed the, the the nails into the coffin. And then this week, these videos come out of Drew Brees working out in New Orleans, busting his ass, if I do say so myself. I mean, working out like a like a young man. Sorry, what the hell is going on? I mean, like, let's start out with what's your advice to Drew Brees and what do you think? these videos are about i mean do you stand by what you said last uh the last time we talked about it um i i think uh he might just be trying to stay in shape i don't i don't know i wouldn't advise if i was drew Brees' friend i'd be like yo drew you had a great career man you won a super bowl you've been at the top two years in a row man you've been out injuries and your, your your teams and and cat hell, you know what I'm saying? Just hang it up, my friend. Let's let's do. You got a TV deal. You can go do right now. Make a boatload of money. But he's he's one of those guys that like competes at such a high level, and competition is just such a like that's something you just can't get out of you. You got you. All, he's always going to have that itch. They're going to have to literally drag him off the field. Um, and I was sad. I was sad, like, legit. Like, it was hard to enjoy that playoff victory because in the moment, I'm like, man, Drew Brees is about to retire. This is one of my favorite players watching growing up. Um, I'm like, man, and it's 
it sucks. I got to see him go out that way. You know what I'm saying? Get his ass whooped by the Buccaneers. And that's a horrible way to end your career. So he's probably at home thinking about that. Like, man, we beat this team twice in the regular season. We had them. We had them right where we wanted them. And it didn't work out. And it's like tragedy over and over and over. Like, I don't think that's he's going to be able to sit with it. And he's going to come back. He's going to be starting for the New Orleans Saints next year. And the New Orleans Saints aren't going to be any good because he's not going to be able to push it downfield. The tape is out. And he's holding New Orleans back. And I'm as a Buccaneers fan, I'm happy to see it. You know what I'm saying? Destroy that team. Down with the Saints. But... <laughs> But unbiasedly, you know, Drew uh, <laughs> Brees, I want to see him retire. Uh, he He's just going to hold back the Saints franchise. Marvin is, and we'll go in reverse order here. It's uh, Marvin, is Drew Brees' starting position as quarterback of the New Orleans Saints, or is it on ABC as a commentator? It's on ABC as a commentator. Um, you know, is as big a fan as I am of Drew Brees since the beginning of his, beginning of his career, you know, starting with the Chargers and then get traded to the Saints, you know, winning a Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP, you know, having what, what, five years with 5,000 yards. Like, what, what, I think he's just, he's just purely phenomenal. I mean, dude's a legend. Um, there's really nothing else left for him to do. Uh, the injuries have piled up. He can't throw the he can't throw the deep post like he used to. He can't throw the deep ball really to Michael Thomas or any one of his receivers to the outside. So he's got to heavily rely on Albert Kamara. And if you guys know whether you guys know it or not, the Saints are very very heavily invested in Alvin Kamara, and they don't want Drew Brees checking it down to him every time actually putting him at risk because they're paying Alvin Kamara a lot of money. That is their franchise running back. Guy scored six touchdowns in one game. Should have been seven. But that's just a true testament to what the Saints are trying to do. You know, Sae is right. You know, I, I really think that if he continues, you know, at this pace, you know, trying to post these workout videos and if he actually gets to the point he says he wants to come back you holding the saints back man <laughs> like you are you are, you were kind of holding the saints back at this point yeah sure they'll be they'll win they'll win in the regular season I, I have no doubt that you can win some games with Drew Brees but I just think that with uh, the, their offensive line is not as good as you know Tampa Bay's offensive line is for Tom Brady it's just levels to this. Like those guys for Tampa Bay, they just <laughs> they just block for Tom. I, I don't really, I really, really see Tom get hit this year. I don't really, can, I, I didn't really see him get hit that much. But Drew, I think he played with three ribs, you know, towards the end of the season. I just think that at this age, he's um, he's just finished. I think him seeing Tom really gave him some inspiration. But I think it's time to hang it up. He's he's going to. He's going to Canton, and I think he should just, you know, really spend time with his kids at this point. There's really nothing left for him to do. You're a Super Bowl MVP. You got your ring. You're going to get your gold jacket. Just hang it up, Drew. But we're we going to miss you, man. 
Absolutely, it'd be missed. I saw the videos, the hot off the wire. You know, that's that's what we're all about here. Another thing coming hot off the wire, and I'm coming right to you, Richie. Did you see what what Russell Wilson? So you brought him up. Russell Wilson's talking about I want out of Seattle. You know what the sound? This sounded like I, I watched all the videos. I, I listened to the stories. I've heard some of the podcasts. I've heard even Sports Center. You know, I'm like having deja vu here because I feel like we just talked about this. <laughs> with Matthew Stafford. Um, and I, and I'll, I'll make that comparison and just toss it over to you. Russell Wilson wants out. Is it is it Wilson or is it Seattle? Okay. Um, it's Seattle. Here's why. Russell Wilson, here's, here's how his career has always been. Starts off amazing, always leads the league. Every year looks at the front-running MVP, and then the league figures him out. And what I mean figures him out, they figure out the offensive line sucks and they just sack his ass the rest of the season because what happens is at the beginning of the year they're new plays and there's no tape on the offense once there's tape on the offense teams have something to go off of and then they just demolish seattle see he's been carrying seattle and just to clarify pete carroll gets to make all decisions now what happened this year and this is alleged but i trust you know the journalists in the sense that Russell Wilson went in there and told them, hey, look, Tom Brady has a lot of say. I want some say. Like, I, I'm speaking up, advocating for myself now. We need to do things differently on offense. And what was reported is he stormed out of the room because it didn't go the way he wanted in the sense of what, you know, I'm sure he said draft offensive linemen, and they told him, maybe. And he was just like, I'm fucked. Pardon my language. And I think that's where we're at right now. Um, it's, it's, it's not on Russell Wilson. It's not on Russell Wilson. Uh, the, the, the man isn't playing as best as he humanly possibly can. Um, kind of what Marvin just said for, you know, TV 12 over there in Tampa. If Russell Wilson had an offensive line, they're the favorites of the NFC, in my opinion. Period. Like the last five years in a row, right? You know, you look at the Saints and people are like, oh, they battle like this, that, and the other. They lost to the Minnesota Vikings two times in the last three years. The Minnesota Vikings, nah, they're nobodies, I'm sorry. Like when you really think about it. Seattle is the team where Russell Wilson gets sacked like 50 to 70 times a season. I think he's almost already the career like sackiest person besides David Carr. It's crazy, the poor guy has been sacked his entire career and he's running frantically. It's not like he's trying to get sacked. You know, he's not a statue. He's a very mobile guy. And as a matter of fact, the only reason he slid was because he was short. I think he's like, what, six foot or five ten, something like that. Really quick, really mobile, great leader. And year in and year out, you watch this man not get a better offensive line. Seattle has done nothing to protect him and done nothing to help him. He deserves to get out. You know, it, it's the same concept as Matthew Stafford in the sense of he's clearly sick of this organization because this man has never complained in the public. This man is never, he, he's, a, he's a football football player. He, he just tried his damnedest and he he's officially complained. And you know what? I don't blame him. I, every year I feel bad for this guy. Yes, he has DK Metcalf. Yes, you know, it's Pete Carroll and they're running and gunning. But the bottom line is it doesn't matter how many theoretical weapons you have. If, if you call hike and you're on, your ass is on the ground a second and a half in, that's what's happening. And they're not drafting offensive linemen. They're not doing anything for him. It's pathetic. Completely on sale. 
Tony, I'm going to give you the same question because I, I think that there's uh, there's some stats there, but I know I know you, my man, so I'm not even going to say them. Is is it is it Wilson or is it Seattle? And before I even answer that question, I'm going to just say this: you need to be careful what you wish for. Okay, now, yes, I agree with what Richie said, but let's be realistic. Every team needs an offensive line, right? So you have to realize the Seahawks have put money in other places. They brought in a lot of talent for Russell Wilson. They've done multiple trades to get some talent to the Seahawks. You got Percy Harvin. You got Michael Bennett. You got uh, Jimmy Graham. You got Sheldon Richardson. You've got uh, Clowney. You've got Diggs. You have Adams. You have Dunlap. Now, yeah, some of those might be defensive. Some of them might be weapons. But to Richie's point, if you don't have the offensive line, you, you're really not going to be productive. But guess what? If you get traded to another team or you go to another team, who says that they're going to have those weapons or the offensive line? You already know the devil that you're sleeping with right now. If you go to another organization you don't know that devil okay so whose fault is it man for me i would just be shutting my mouth and be playing the game because the seahawks to me are doing everything that they can for russell uh, for russell except for trying to get him what he thinks he needs which is better offensive line okay every team needs better offensive line because guess what the freaks on the other side they're freakish, all right? Tampa Bay did something to the Kansas City Chiefs that nobody thought they'd ever see, at least so soon. They were dominant. They were physical. They had, he didn't have time to do diddly squats. But guess what? It was that defense that made that happen for the, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady, that was the easiest Super Bowl he ever had. I do want to talk about Drew Brees real quick. Drew Brees is on the final leg, and let me tell you, Eli Manning, I'm not comparing quarterbacks here. I'm just saying, Eli Manning knew when it was time to go. He left. Okay, Phillip Rivers knew when it was time to go. He left. Kurt Kurt Warner knew when it was time to go. He left. You've got Drew Brees, which I think he's going to make the decision to leave. I think he knows it's time. There's only one Tom Brady, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just going to say it. It's only one. What Tom does no other quarterback has done period so i know you have aspirations and you want to be like that but you're not it's okay ben roethlisberger it's okay you're not even on that level you never were on that level it's time to go bro it's time to go you can't even do the things you need to do for your team to be successful and you started 11 and 0 and that was flaudulent i'm just telling you right now it was drew Brees, you swept the tampa bay buccaneers but guess what baby they had a plan and they came at it different and they did what they needed to do. It's time to hang it up. Don't do this to your body, Drew. Leave. Do it now. I'm telling you right now. Russell, you better lick your fucking lips. Get paid the money you need to get paid. Because it. guess what? The team that's going to trade for you is a team that don't have all the weapons or the offensive line. They might have one more offensive line uh, person. But in reality, you're going to go somewhere shitty, bro. I'm just telling you. It's going to happen. That's, that's who's going to go for you. It ain't going to be Green Bay. It's not going to be the Buffalo Bills. It's not going to be Tampa Bay. 
those teams already have a franchise quarterback. But the teams that don't have a franchise quarterback, that's where you're going to go, bro. Just telling you. You're going to end up playing for Dallas and wishing that you was playing for the Seahawks. I'm just telling you that right now. <laughs> Listen, uh, we talked a lot of football. We talked some golf. We will be right back. <clears throat> you never see us in three segments, so feel blessed. You're watching The Wire. When we come back, we got a quick story about the NBA. And then this cast right here has some amends to make. And hopefully, Sahi, you have some real amends this week. Uh, we'll find out. You're watching The Wire. Don't go anywhere. Hey there, it's Justo from the H2G Podcast. Hello there. Are you ready for season four? Yeah. I love the way it sounds. <clears throat> Gotta get my meatwad voice ready. <clears throat> this season will be bigger and better than ever. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you, man. I'll take it. I'll take it. It's good to see you. Catch the H2G Podcast season four, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Facebook and YouTube. Oh, the best part of my week. And don't miss The Wire every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's been a long time coming. We'll see y'all next week. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the H2G. To the H2G. To the H2G. Podcast. 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 We'll see you there. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Wire. You know... I've known Tony since 2010, 2011, and that boy does not like to make amends. Nope. <laughs> he, just, he heard we were going to do that, and he skedaddled right out of here. So I guess we'll see Tony uh, uh, next week on the H2G, well, tomorrow on the H2G podcast, and then you know we'll get him back on the wire next week. Uh, fellas, we talked a lot of football. We talked golf. We were going to not do any of that until it came back to football season. So I felt like we need to at least touch the NBA before we come back to it next week, no doubt. Um, None of us really expected or or knew what to expect with James Harden's move uh, to New York. We've talked about the Nets over and over again. The truth of the matter is, to our listeners and our viewers, um, they're, they're the biggest thing to talk about right now. And James Harden in particular is playing incredible basketball. I mean, uh, Sahi, we know how you feel about Kevin Durant's injury, <laughs> whether or not it's a real one. I, You know, it, it is starting to blend together with for me as to which leg he's limping on uh, around the court there. I've been paying closer attention ever since we talked. But the truth of the matter is James Harden is playing Fantastic basketball, probably some of the best basketball lead. The question that I'm just gonna I'm gonna give to everybody, we'll start with Marvin and move our way around is do you consider James Harden a big time league MVP contender? And if so, who is his competition? Uh no, I wouldn't say he's a, a league MVP contender. I would say that he's uh, you know, very reluctant. We have lost all that weight before he got <laughs> yeah. traded to Brooklyn so he could be, you know, so he could continue to be an all-star and play at the level he's been playing at. But um, hats off to James Harden. He's been playing phenomenal, like you said. Uh, definitely has, has been a contributing factor to the offense opposite what I thought was going to happen. I thought that he would come on to the, the Nets and they would, you know, have trouble distribute, uh, distributing the ball. But it seems as if he is the point guard and that, you know, that's what he, that's his role. You know, is he's 
you know, point guard. You know, he can play the one. He can play the one and the two, and Kyrie's gonna play the two. So I think he's fit in well. But I think that his MVP competition, to me, in my eyes, is Luka Doncic. You know, I think Luka Doncic has been putting on the show uh, this season. Um, I really think that you know, when you look at what. Luka Doncic has to work with. I mean, because he's leading that franchise. Uh, they're, you know, the Nets, on the other hand, they're waiting for KD to come back. When you got Kyrie and James Harden, I mean, that's a scoring duo. But when you bring Kevin Durant back, I mean, it's just, that's a whole, that's a three headed monster. You know, if all three, you know, barring any injury, uh, I think that, you know, they're the favorites in the East to go to the finals. And James Harden has played a heavy hand in that. Uh, Richie, Richie, what are your thoughts, man? I mean, first, I, I gotta say something, as did Marvin. Um, well, hold on, sorry, somebody's texting me. Turn that off. Uh, what I gotta say is, well, yeah, the only thing I'm surprised, I'm not surprised that James Harden's playing. I mean, this is James Harden, right? He's been playing like this for seven years. I'm surprised he lost all that pregnancy weight in like a week. It was crazy, it was like 35 pounds. I don't know what he did. But that's what I was surprised about. Um, I, I can't say he's MVP, but I do agree, Justin, he's playing at a phenom- like, phenomenal level. I think it's like 25 points, like 15 assists, and like 10 rebounds averaging in like the last eight games or something. It's crazy. But having said that, part of that is because Kevin Durant's not there. When he first joined, he was scoring six points a game. That's not James Harden either. But what I mean is it's somewhere in between where he's playing and how he started. He is the true point guard. Kyrie even said that, right? And I, I, what I do like about Kyrie, even though he's crazy and he says all this nonsense, is he's very supportive of his friends and you can see them. You can see like what he's saying is, I get to witness this greatness every day. I expect this from James. Like he is this great. Um, and you know, if Kyrie and Kevin, and Kevin easily takes the backseat, he's, he's probably one of the most unselfish, mega all-time greats I've ever seen. He has no problem shooting like 10 times, even though he's the type of player you give him 30 shots, he could average 50 points a season, honestly. Um, having said that, you know, if Kyrie dials it back a bit, I think that's when they're the most dangerous. So Kyrie shoots like 18 times a game, James gets like 12 to 15, and Kevin gets like 12 to 15. That's how they win, in my opinion. Um, but if Kyrie's taking these 20 plus shots a game thing, then I don't think they're going to win. So back to the question, though, who's the MVP? I like the Luka pick with Marvin. I think Porzingis is a shell of himself. I think Luka has incredibly increased his mid-range shot because he has this weird thing where it's like he's great at, in the paint and he's great deep three and he's improved his three in general. But his 18-foot shot, even though his statistics look the same from last year, his 18-foot shot, that like true mid-range shot, has improved from 38% to 44 and that's what he's been missing, in my opinion. Because Luke is the type of player where you guard him real tight and double him at the three-point line, he's useless. You start pinching him at the paint, he's useless. And to call an amazing player like Luke is useless, obviously, not what I mean. But I'm saying there are ways to strategize around Luke. So him improving in the mid-game has been huge for him, even though statistically he looks the same. That's a great pick by Marvin. I'm still going to stick with who I said earlier, though. Joel Embiid is playing phenomenal. And I've been, I've never, I love what he's capable of, but I, he's never been playing at the level. Well, this year, he's playing at that level. 
He's playing like a true center. I love it in this three-point shooting, you know, era. And if he can play at this level, there's only one guy in the league who can even hold him and play at a similar level, and that's Anthony Davis. And I'm telling you, I crave to see Joel Embiid. If he, I hope he can continue this. I mean, I, and he's capable of it because that's exactly the only team, Philadelphia, that can do anything to the Nets because it won't be trying to match what Marvin said, that three-headed monster, but it will be trying to facilitate and dominate that paint, get people in foul trouble. Like, he he truly has the skill set, not to be Shaquille O'Neal, but to have that type of presence. And I love what he's playing this year. Uh, to me, he's the front runner for MVP. I love, obviously, Luka. You can't go wrong with LeBron. But let's see what Sahi's got to say. Sahi, who do you think, man, if not James Harden? Oh, man, James Harden can't be the MVP, in my opinion. Um, if he was to be the MVP, he would have had to win it with the Houston Rockets. You know what I'm saying? You started with that team. That's the that's the team, you know what I'm saying, you got to win it with. You can't cry yourself out of there, go, go to the Nets, and then play amazing and expect to be looked at as the MVP, in my opinion. Um, I like to pick... Uh, Embiid, he's a dominant force. The only thing that gets me with him is Eastern Conference. If if he could do what he's doing in the West, MVP all day. But my MVP, I gotta go with uh old Shannon Sharp and uh, go with Go James. Go James, uh, okay. Yeah, he he gonna be the MVP. I, I feel like he been wanting one. It's been a while. Not that he doesn't deserve one. <laughs> We'll we'll dig into to whether or not that's even a possibility next week, um, given that we still haven't seen uh, any kind of foreseeable future for AD. So we'll we'll definitely touch into that next week and what's going on with AD and the Lakers. Um, well, fellas, this is one of my favorite things we've done on the wire, and I'm excited to bring it back around. We're gonna make amends with somebody that we have done trashed here on the wire that we think deserves it um and doesn't have to be on the wire could be on any the the wire pre being its own show we could go all the way back to 2011 because that's what i'm gonna do you guys remember a coach i used to talk about all the time as a bum and i don't care if nobody sees it and that's bill belichick i used to talk so much crap about bill belichick (laughs) i've given him uh you know shit time after time even through the the whole Aaron Hernandez thing before you know before the Aaron Hernandez thing became the Aaron Hernandez thing that it became um but you know I think he's a classic guy I you know it's not big news big enough for us to talk about anyway but you've heard about he's saying all these kind things about Cam Newton and 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 Patriots fans calm down he's not gonna keep them he's he's not he's he's being a who he is. He's a respectful, good coach. He knows he's got moves to make. He's going to get a new quarterback in there. So you guys can calm down, you know, rest your britches or whatever they say. Bill Belichick, I apologize. You're a man of class. You are a wonderful coach. Maybe one of the best coaches the league's ever seen. And uh, I'll make amends with you. Uh, we got to say Saeed for last because <laughs> you never know what the hell is going on over there in that, that sweet basement. Uh, let's just keep our order, Marvin. <laughs> Who would you like to make amends with, my man? Uh, yeah, I'd like to make amends. And it's actually most recent. Uh, we actually can go back to the last 10 minutes. Um, back to my previous comments of who I thought the MVP should be. 
Um, fellas, I think I have to issue apology. Damian Lillard is my MVP. Um, Damian Lillard, is, I'm tired of. He does not deserve this disrespect. That's why you know I have to give him the MVP, and he's deserved it for it, arguably to me last season. He deserved it in the bubble. It's just his performance has been just so consistent. I can't think of a player that's any clutch that's any more clutch than Damian Lillard in the league right now. There is not one player in the league that strikes fear in the opposing team than Damian Lillard. Like that can shoot from anywhere on the floor. That can handle the ball. He can do anything. And just the level of talent around him, just his, just his, his all around game. I think that he's just too underrated. And uh, Dame, it is still Dame time. And it's time for me to apologize and make amends. Keep shining, brother. Um, I hate that you are playing with the Portland trailblazers because I just don't think you're going to win a ring there. So that being said, I, I know I said I'm sorry, but you may have to punch your ticket to Los Angeles soon and wear that purple and gold, my man. I'm sorry. It's just, it's calling your name. You, you got to do it. You have to play with LeBron and AD. It has to happen. So Damian Lillard, I'm sorry. You are the MVP, but if you want the ring, you got to leave. <laughs> well, hey, you heard it here. Uh, Richie, you, you had to choke over your words to make amends to Big Ben last time we did this. That was painful. That was painful. <laughs> Who you uh, don't worry, I got another, I, I got another amends. But first, Marvin, I'm, I'm glad you went back with Dame and made amends. Because I remember we had a 2K reveal where Dame was higher than Steph Curry, and you said it was blasphemy. And I was shocked because to me, it's been Dame time. I love Dame Lillard. I'm glad you made amends, man. It is Dame time. That what you said is 100%. Nobody like he steps on the half court line, it could go in. Dame Lillard is the ultimate clutch guy. He's the dude like, you know, it's the meme. He takes the shot, falls on the ground and he's staring at the camera cuz it just went in and he won the game. It's Dame Lillard, it's Dame time, man. That dude is a beast. Uh, disrespectful for all of us that we forgot about Dame first and foremost. Now, as far as who I'm making amends with, I got to actually go back about 25 to 50 minutes ago. Um, I'm making amends with JJ Watt. I apologize, JJ. You know, I, I, I shouldn't have said you're going to Arizona because white people retire and go to Arizona. That was disrespectful, but true. Um, I shouldn't have said you're chasing the money because that was disrespectful, but true. Um, but what I would like to say is I'm making amends ultimately because I feel like you as a person are an amazing player. And I feel like I did say that, but I, I shouldn't have said you're just chasing money, right? Because who are we to judge the guy who ripped his teammates, a new asshole on week 17 when he said, you know, if you're not here to play, we have a privilege. And he went on a rant for two minutes. And, you know, everyone was like, wow, this guy is like a leader. And, you know, that that is him to his core. If J I, I truly believe J.J. Watt feels like going to Arizona is a good opportunity for him. And we all ragged on him about it, obviously, because we see the easier path in these other places. But I'm not going to question this man. He's a three-time defensive player of the year. 
again, the most double team defensive end, not player, the defensive end last year and every year he's played since he's been in the league. Incredible sack machine. You know, he's on pace to, to have more sacks than Reggie White, right? So we don't, we should stop trying to disrespect this man's competitiveness because he didn't go to a team we think is a better fit for him. Nobody knows the fit better than the man himself. So I'm making amends to JJ Watt. All right. All right. Well, it is the moment that everybody has been waiting for. Sai. Sai, <laughs> <laughs> you need to make amends with somebody. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Man. All right. All right. All right. I'll, I'll stick with the theme and go back to earlier in the show. <clears throat> and uh, homeboy, uh, what's his name? Zoltan, that boy of bitch. What's his name? <laughs> I think that's his name. I can't. I can't say it. Marvin, you said it perfect. What's yeah, what was his name, Marvin? Uh, it was Zoltan Ibra. He's a bitch, Ibrahim, Ibrahimovic. That's it. Ibrahimovic. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's one of the two. It's one of the yeah, two. It's, I just. I want to make amends. I just can't say your name, no matter how much I try. So, I'm trying my best. Zoltan, he's a he's a bitch. <laughs> no, that's I'm trying. I'm I, forgive me, my man. By next show, I'm gonna say your name perfect. <laughs> that's better. That's yeah. better. I tried. I tried. <laughs> hey, you 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 made more of an amends than than last week with Kansas City. <laughs> You're coming along, Sahi. Well, hey. You're coming along. <laughs> hey, I really felt bad for Kansas City, man. Yeah, because they got that ass beat, right? Nobody deserves that. Nobody deserves to get that far and then just get straight shit at all. Man. <laughs> oh that was embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> just rubbing it in well hey thank you everyone for tuning in to this extra special long episode of the wire we'd love to get uh, along with it here and there especially when the sports is this hot we will be back next Wednesday at 8pm Eastern and don't miss the H2G podcast on Monday through Friday 7pm Eastern Standard Time for now that has been the wire we'll see you next week uh, Sahi, I thought for sure you were going to give it another go. <laughs> I thought you were going to go right now. <laughs> I, I, I really thought you were going to do another fake. I was, I, was, I, was, I was thinking that was going to Kansas City. I'm like, who's he going to tackle Kansas City? Andy Reid? <laughs> right? Right? Like, leave that man alone. Son, man. I had man, to get into that car. You know, like, I had to get some bad. I felt-